That's the signal, Lou. I, I'm hearing my song. There we go. Well, I don't know why I chose that music, but it's a catchy tune, and it's, uh, it's, it's fun music, so you know that Lou Moore is up next with the latest and greatest news from SecureVote.News. Oh, far be it from me for, you know, questioning your musical choice. Anyway, thank you for, you for having me. We'll go with that for now anyway. Sure. So a lot going on in the election world, and you can go to securevote.news to see many stories that we posted just in the last few days. Uh, but there's a few issues that are of particular moment, I think, that have been spiked by the news cycle. One of them involves lawfare. And of course, the lawfare, the using of the courts against President Trump, essentially to keep him from running or being on the ballot or winning or having any money uh, to compete in the election, all these things going on with the various cases we've heard about. And, you know, they are so corrosive, Lowell, not just of the election system, but of our legal system. Mm. I mean, we're, watch we're watching the politicization of the legal system, which is something you don't get back if you go too far down the road. Mm. Anyway, we had the uh, settlement come in with the Gene Carroll case. It's just a bizarre case going on in New York City. $83 million in damages awarded to her. Uh, because allegedly President Trump raped her in a department store. There's no physical evidence of any kind. She came forward with a dress, kind of like Monica Lewinsky did, but then people found out this dress was not even designed until long after she said this incident occurred. This whole thing is being funded by Reed Hoffman, mm -hmm. her case, who is the uh, LinkedIn heir, who is a Democrat, who is trying in many ways to mess with the Republican primary and our election system well, right now. So didn't that information about the dress having not even been made or designed until after this so-called alleged incident happened, I mean, didn't that information come out in the trial? Well, it did, to the best of my knowledge, but, you know, we have a couple of other problems. Mm -hmm. uh, totally biased judges and juries in some of these areas. And I would question that, there, that uh, President Trump really got a jury of his peers. Yeah. They just seem to be hell-bent on conviction. I mean, they brought forward a reputation, reputational repair expert to say how much money it would take to repair this woman, who appears really to be crazy, uh, to, to repair her reputation because of this alleged incident. And under cross-examination, she admitted... She had absolutely no experience in this field, mm -hmm. uh, but in fact was a Democratic Party donor mm -hmm. and operative. And so this whole thing is totally bizarre. And Trump, it was, I think in this case, in one of the cases, he had to divulge mm -hmm. his liquidity, how much cash on hand he actually had, mm -hmm. which he claimed was over $400 million. Mm -hmm. Well, th this judgment is $83 million. And in New York, in the other case, uh, where there were no victims, but he was alleged to have defrauded all these people in his uh, real estate business, defrauded these lenders, uh, they're looking for $370 million. Hmm. That adds up to $450 million. Yeah. And basically wiping him out of cash hmm. in the middle of a political contest. Yeah. I mean, the whole thing stinks hmm. to high heaven. Yeah. But so, so that's one story. The second story is about a diary, but it's not Hunter Biden's video diary that uh, we saw way too much 
of uh, various things he was doing that was suppressed. Yeah. Before, uh, it was authenticated, but suppressed before the 2020 election. Mm -hmm. This is Ashley Biden's diary. Now, is this a daughter? Daughter. The president? Daughter of the president. Okay. This is a written diary. It's not video and all that stuff. Uh, but she authenticated this diary before the 2020 election. Mm -hmm. Uh, a small website, a relatively small website called National File, mm -hmm. which is excellent, by the way, excellent news source. They they came up with this diary, one of their reporters. There was actually a little bit of a conspiracy involving Project Veritas, of all people, not not a, not O'Keefe, who we love, uh, who has now left Project Veritas, but by some of the board members, mm -hmm. some of the same people that tried to push O'Keefe out at Project Veritas, also try to suppress this diary. Hmm. If you remember, O'Keefe was raided by the FBI yeah. because he had a copy of it. Anyhow, uh, this diary was authenticated, suppressed to also affect the 2020 election vote, just as suppressing the information about Hunter Biden suppressed yeah. possible addition to Trump's totals. But it's now the whole diary has been released, and you can find it on Secure Vote. Dot news. You mean a copy, a digital representation of that yeah. diary yeah. right there? The entire diary. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's linked to the article from National File that they just posted. And the editor of National File was on Bannon yesterday, and he brought this up, and I guess it crashed his website for most of the day. <laughs> People trying to download it, but I believe you can get it should you want to look at it. It's pretty disgusting, really, oh. the behavior of our current president depicted mm. by his daughter, Ashley. I see Anyway, so there's that story. We SecureVote.News. At SecureVote.News, indeed, sir. And okay. so then the third thing I want to bring up, Lowell, and we have several stories posted related to this question, but one of them more, it really the nail is hit on the head by our good friend Mark Bencham. Oh, yeah. One of your fellow board members <laughs> at UPMA, if I remember correctly. That's correct. But anyway, what we're talking about here now is manipulating primaries using same-day voting, uh, and or open primary rules in the various states, allowing Democrats and independents to vote in the Republican primary. Now, I mean, there's a real world example here of what it can cause. You know, Nikki Haley got about 25% of the Republican vote in the New Hampshire primary, and yet she only finished a few points behind uh, Trump because of all the Democrat and independent votes that were in this race, not to mention the 30 one million dollars she spent in the relatively tiny state of New Hampshire, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, but anyway, this is a this is a real problem. Well, that happens in Utah when the Democrats cross over and vote in the Republican Party primary. Hundred percent, hundred percent. So uh, you know, Trump won, but she's she's still in the race, and she can say, "Well, I got forty percent of the vote," or whatever. Yeah. But again. Uh, you know, it brings up the question is, is who should be able to vote in a party's primary? If a, if a private organization gets people together around certain principles or whatever, uh, can anybody else just kind of barge into the party? And, and when Biden doesn't have a real opponent, uh, the, the opportunity for mischief with these laws and these same-day voting laws where you could just walk in, not even be registered to vote, mm -hmm. and vote. I mean, this has a lot of other problems, which we've discussed yeah. before as far as the security of our elections. but Now here in Utah, I know that uh, this year, early January, was the deadline by which you 
had to affiliate with a party in order to participate in that party's primary. Now, if you're unaffiliated, you can affiliate with the party on caucus night. But if you are currently affiliated with the Democrat Party or with the Constitution Party, then you cannot, because the deadline has passed, you now cannot affiliate with the Republican Party. Right. And so that's that's a nice change here in Utah, although it doesn't prevent the well over a third of our voters here in Utah are not affiliated with any party. Mm-hmm. And so that gives them the freedom to 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 play in the Republican space or the Democratic space whenever they choose during the year. But if they want to participate in the Republican Party, they have to affiliate with the Republican Party and then they're I think they're constrained to stay in, in, in the party the rest of the year. But uh, there's also a bill this year that would, in the Utah legislature, we hope it dies quickly, but this bill would establish jungle primaries right here in Utah, just like the one you're talking about. It wasn't that a mon- what they used to call a Montana ballot, where you just go in and mm-hmm. pick the ballot you want to vote on? Yeah, pretty much. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not good. So anyway, the the last thing I want to bring up, Lowell, I mean, it wouldn't be right if I didn't bring up my favorite court case in America, which is a case against Dominion voting machines, against technically against the Secretary of State of Georgia. Uh It's about the Dominion voting machines down there. And uh, we presented kind of a, a capsule just in the headline of the latest story down there of what's going on. I mean, the judge ordered the state to change the voting system and the voting, how the way you vote in 2019, their advisor, their own advisor said, get rid of these touchscreen machines. Mm. They ignored her. They put in a new set of Dominion voting machines. These are the machines that the Professor Haldeman hacked with a ballpoint pen, Lindholm. holding down a button uh, on the machine and putting it in a safe mode and then just going about changing uh, the results that were on the machine. Right there court. in open court? Yeah, yeah, that was that was our last update. So the, the state's argument is the same argument they use in this state about our terrible voting system in Utah, that, well, you can't prove that it's ever been hacked. You can't prove that there's anything wrong with it. And I just thought this was a great quote from one of the other experts that the uh, plaintiffs in this case uh, uh, have brought into it. Uh, he goes, in engineering... If there's a bad bolt on a bridge, it's going to collapse someday. The fact that it hasn't yet doesn't mean anything. <laughs> I thought that was good. That was a great, uh, if you can picture that in your mind, this <laughs> bolt on a bridge that's mm-hmm. failed, and then one of these days that bridge just collapses. 100%. <laughs> so the, the plaintiffs have rested in that case, mm-hmm. and it will be very, very interesting to see what Judge, Judge Totenberg rules. As I said, in this case, uh, already has changed the voting system of Georgia because they had to go from touchscreens with no paper trail mm-hmm. to touchscreens with a faint paper trail. Now we'll see what the plaintiffs want is to go to hand-marked ballots for this election. Cool. She can't change permanently the voting system, which is a good thing. She's a judge, yeah. a legislator, but she can, as in an emergency ruling, mm. change the way they vote for this election, mm-hmm. because of all the chicanery they've shown, she should, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, so it's a lot's going to hinge on her decision in yeah. this case. Yes, sir. Well, thank you, Lou, for bringing us the latest and greatest news here you, Lou. from SecuredVote.News. It's been Lou Moore and I here talking about this. A great site, SecureVote.News. 
you need to to visit that site and uh, and enjoy the information there as well. Well, ladies and gentlemen.